The portion of God's Word that we will focus our attention on for a few minutes this evening comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 13. It was just before the Passover feast. Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, a person who has had a bath needs only to wash his feet. His whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said not everyone was clean. When he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. Certain husband and wife had been looking forward to a meal for about a month. They made a reservation at a restaurant that all their friends had recommended, had very high reviews, and they spent the day of this dinner making themselves nice and hungry. They arrive at the restaurant, they are, are seated at the table by the hostess, given menus to, to look at, and they're all smiles, really excited. Ten minutes goes by, no one. They try not to get upset. It's their anniversary after all, they have lots to talk about, they've been really looking forward to this. This place is going to be worth the wait. Twenty minutes goes by. Still, no one, no glass of water, no one even paying them the slightest bit of attention. It's like they're not even there. 
But again, they, they try to play it cool. They don't want to make a scene. So they don't say anything. They just sit and they patiently wait. 30 minutes. Can't take it any longer. The husband stands up. He goes and finds somebody who looks like they know what they're doing. And he begins to unload all of his frustrations. You know what the manager says? I'm sorry, sir. My, my attention is needed at another table. I'll be with you in just a moment. If that was you, would you recommend that restaurant to anyone else? Ever? How many stars would they get on Google Maps? What would the paragraph from you look like? God has made us so that we, we need service. Some among you have, have many skills. I, I know from working alongside of you, you, you have much to offer, you know much, but none of us knows everything about everything. You, you might be really good with the electricity or, or the plumbing, but if the car breaks, maybe that's not your thing. You need a mechanic. If the HVAC goes out, you, you need somebody who knows what they're, they're looking for. If the computer breaks, you, you need to call someone to help. You, you might know some things about some things, but there's other things you just don't know anything about. And so you, you, call, you call the experts. And today, when you need to call an expert, we often find ourselves searching, right? Searching the reviews, looking for others who have rated Maybe a friend who's had a similar issue, who's found someone that they really like and who does great work. We want to know who are the best servants, who does the best work. And when you find that restaurant with just phenomenal service, or you find that plumber who just goes above and beyond, it doesn't matter what the area of service is. When you find the right servant, you generously tip and you enthusiastically refer? Keep that in mind tonight. Because you're about to hear an example of the finest servant ever. The most selfless, flawless service that has ever been rendered by any human being. And if you're like me, and you're quick to refer the best of the best, this is a reason to refer Jesus the the, the finest of all servants. As we take a look at his hands of humility, as we see him serve with the greatest of humility. Jesus had a lot on his mind on Maundy Thursday. You just had an opportunity to to ponder some of the things that may have been on Jesus' mind as we sung the words of our hymn. But in our text, we're told a a couple of things that were definitely on Jesus' mind as the Apostle John takes us to see this interplay, this back and forth between Jesus' divine nature and his human nature, we heard he knew some things. He knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So on the one hand, you have the all-knowing, all-powerful Son of the living God who knows everything that's about to happen to him. In less than 24 hours, at at one point in time, 
The eternal Son of God will have the sins of every man, woman, and child who has ever lived or will ever live placed upon him. And the cup of God's wrath will be poured out on him at that very moment. He will suffer unthinkable agony. That's what he knows is coming. He knows all that is about to happen to him physically, emotionally. He knows that he is about to suffer hell, the hell that you and I deserve. And he has all power. Infinite power. He could overthrow those who arrest him. He could come down from the cross at any moment. And yet, what do we see from the all-knowing, all-powerful God? Absolute humility. And for whom? These 12 who at this very moment are bickering over who is the greatest amongst them. They sit around the table and there's no servant there to wash their feet as might have been customary. Not one of them is quick to wrap the towel around his waist and grab the basin of water to wash his brother's feet, to wash the feet of his Lord, his master, Jesus. Not one. They're too busy arguing about who's the best, who's the most gifted, who deserves the best seat in heaven. And what does Jesus do? He doesn't give them another lecture. Instead, he confronts their arrogance. He confronts their sinful thoughts of superiority with remarkable humility. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. As his sinful followers bicker over who's the best, you, you might expect someone like us to respond with frustration. I've done enough for these boys. I'm out of here. But that's not what our perfect Savior does. He confronts them with selfless service, taking the role of the lowliest servant, washing the dirty, stinky feet of these 12 men, even the feet of Judas. You see, the problem with my Christian service, the problem with your Christian service, is that we base our service so often on the behavior of others. If they carry themselves the right way, if they act the right way, if they respond to our generosity the right way, then we will continue to serve. It's like the doctor who's maybe a little slow to follow up with the the most belligerent patients. They're kind of hard to to handle, so maybe they fall down the priority list. Or it's the the, the person running the register at Jimmy John's when the, the picky child is modifying the sandwich with so many modifications that there is sure to be a mistake. But prince or princess must have it the right way, of course. It's the way you tiptoe around the hothead in your family or walk on eggshells around the super opinionated one. 
you and I, we, we look at the behavior of those around us and we make determinations as to whether or not it's worth our time to serve them in this moment, whether or not we have enough energy to, to give and, and to serve. Thank the Lord Jesus' service is not like that. Because if he served people the way that we often serve people, the disciples' feet would not have been washed and the sins of the world would not have been suffered for, paid for in full. That towel never would have been wrapped around his waist. He never would have stooped so low. Not the way they were behaving. Not the way we behave. But see, that's the difference between our love and Jesus' love. Jesus never based his love, his service, on the behavior of others. His love, his service, has always been and will always be based on his grace and on his grace alone. He serves his disciples simply because he loves them, not because of anything in them, not because of their faults, not because of their strengths. He just loves them. He just serves them, and he serves you and me the same way. He, he comes to serve our greatest needs. Those moments when we pass off our lack of Christian love as though the person that we've not loved deserved it because they're so obnoxious. Jesus paid for those sins when he served our greatest need on the cross. Jesus' hands of humility have purified you, purified me from every single sin. Jesus chose not to shame his disciples. You know, Jesus' disciples, they had a, a habit of often missing the point of his lessons. And maybe this interaction as they see their Lord, their teacher down on his knees washing their, their dirty feet while they're arguing about who's the greatest. Maybe they had a tendency to, 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 to want to feel shame. But Jesus endured that shame too on the cross as he hung there naked, taking the, the sins of the world upon himself. No, Jesus's point was not to shame his disciples. It was to rewire them. It was to rewire their minds, to rewire their hearts. Listen to what he says at the end of our text. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. I tell you the truth. No servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. So should we get the buckets out and wash each other's feet on the way out tonight? That's not the point. To wash one another's feet is to love as Jesus loved. It's to respond to the selfless love that he has shown to you and to me, the grace that he has shown to us, the service that he has shown to us, not on the basis of our behavior, but simply on the basis of his grace to respond by loving others the way he loved us. That's what it means to wash one another's feet. It's, it's a love that doesn't seek referrals from men and praise from men. It doesn't seek a five-star review. It just 
seeks the approval of God. No matter who knows, no matter who sees. It's love that doesn't calculate how much it's going to cost me from my bank account or my time. It's a love that is 100% focused on the one loved, regardless of what I get in return. Brothers and sisters, you're going to have a lot of opportunities to wash one another's feet over the next few months, maybe even over the next year. We're walking through difficult times. To mask or not to mask. To space or not to space. It'd be easy for you and me to to fall into the devil's trap. To decide who we're going to serve and who we're not going to serve based on how they appear or, or based on what they do. Remember Jesus. Remember his service for you that was not based on on human behavior. Thank the Lord for that this Holy Week. Thank the Lord that he did not serve you and me based on our behavior because if he did, certain hell would result. No, he served us with his grace, with love that we do not deserve. He demonstrated it here as he showed the full extent of his love to his disciples and finally on the cross. Focus on the selfless love of your Savior. And remember his words. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Amen.